Welcome to the Sensitive Slut Podcast. This is Miriam Diana. I am a trauma-informed relationship coach. I specialize in conscious dating. That is dating with mindfulness and self-awareness. And within that, I particularly specialize in breakups because that's what I have the most experience with, ladies and gentlemen. But seriously, if you are going through a breakup and you need help figuring out how to hold yourself through it, I can help you. Uh, you can contact me through Facebook. It's uh, on Facebook. I'm Miriam Diana Coaching. It's facebook.com slash Miriam Diana Coaching. And you can find out more information there. You can also ask a question and I will play it on the podcast and I will answer your question for you. If you want to ask me a question, you need some advice, go to tinyurl.com slash sensitive slut questions. So today's topic is non-monogamy. I will discuss what that means, uh, including polyamory as well as open relationships. I'll talk about my own experience with it. And at the end, I will give a meditation, guided meditation, uh, to help people who are trying to figure out, okay, what's the best relationship structure for me? Do I really want monogamy? Is that aligned with um, what I want, what uh, feels like a fit for me? Or would some type of monogamish situation, hat tip to Dan Savage, would that work better for me? So if you want to go straight to the exercise, you can fast forward about 25 minutes. I'll put the exact um, minute mark in the notes. Um, but for now, I am going to talk about uh, why sensitive sluts might be attracted to non-monogamy. And uh, I will just uh, rehash what a sensitive slut is. If you want to um, hear me talk at length about how I define slut sensitive sluthood, you can go to the pre-cum softy soft launch episode, very first episode, um, and I discuss that. Um, but basically, a sensitive slut is someone who has emotions along with sex. It's someone who's heart is connected to their pussy, their heart is connected to their cock, their heart is connected to their front hole, their heart is connected to their girl dick, their heart is connected to their sexy intersex genitals. I'm talking about people who have a feeling of love arise when they orgasm. And um, these types of people often have tension between wanting to express their full selves, express their sensual side, um, express their uh, creative side somehow, um, and also wanting to feel safe and wanting to feel um, like they have a healthy amount of control over what other people are seeing, and uh, they don't want to feel too exposed. 
Um, it's a tension between wanting to like really have that courage to get out there and take healthy risks and um, and be adventurous and go do that wild thing, like go to a nude beach or go to a play party. Um, but also, also might have feelings when they go too far. Um, you might expand too much or there might be a risk you take that ends up hurting your feelings or it hurts someone else's feelings. And then that comes around and bites you in the ass because then you end up feeling bad. So that's my definition of a, a, a sensitive slut. So what does that have to do with non-monogamy? First of all, let me open up my handy dandy guide to uh, non-monogamy. And it is none other than the ethical sluts. The ethical slut, the full title is The Ethical Slut, A Practical Guide to Polyamory, open relationships, and other freedoms in sex and love. And this is a really good uh, guide for people who um, have not dabbled in um, open relationships, polyamory. Um, it's also a good reference for people who know all about that stuff, but just need something to refer back to. Um, it was first published in 1997 by uh, Dossie Easton, who is a, uh, a marriage and family counselor, and Janet W. Hardy, who is a sex educator and writer. Uh, side note, Dossie Easton, the therapist, she published this when she was 50 years old. And I just say that for all the 50-somethings out there who have a book stuck inside them. So um, it's, uh, and not, not to say, um, you have to go write that book and to put pressure on anyone who's not writing a book, but it's just people write books at all different ages. So, um, so I'm going to read a couple of definitions here. And as I'm doing that, I'm noticing that, uh, the, these pages is kind of like the ASMR, like, you know, when people do tingly they kind of get tingly in their heads and oh there's a lot of this maybe i'm not doing it right but um did you know that people can get asmr tingles from porn like the the uh, sounds of the fucking actually give people the asmr tingles and there's ASMR porn on purpose just for that. And if you don't know what ASMR is, go Google it and see if you feel tingles. Okay. All right. I am getting those definitions that I promised you, everybody. Okay. I'm going to the back here. Okay. First up, monogamish. The relationship style, and I'm reading from the ethical slut, the, the glossary. Monogamish, the relationship style practiced by partners who are socially pair bonded. So socially, they're married, they're boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend. They are partners, um, but 
whose agreements allow some degree of sexual connection with outside partners. The word was coined by columnist and activist Dan Savage. So if you're monogamish, you might have some type of leeway um, in flirting with, um, going out with, having some type of sexual romantic connection with outside people. But socially speaking, um, out in the world, you, um, you're bringing your partner um, along with you to be your, um, your date in public. That's basically what that means. And it's very similar to having an open relationship. An open relationship is one in which the people involved have some degree of freedom, of freedom to fuck and or love people outside the relationship. Hence, an eight-person group marriage, eight-person group marriage, we will get back to that, may be either open or closed. So you can have multiple people in a closed relationship. You can have multiple people in an open relationship. Or you can just have two people in an open or closed relationship. Uh, monogamy is a closed relationship. Monogamy is one where you are only allowed to have sex with and fall in love with, aka have romantic attraction to one person. Um, uh, in our culture, there has been a lot more acceptance for the fact that people will be attracted to a variety of partners, or sorry, to a variety of people, um, and that just your arousal is natural and that it's okay to um, feel attraction for people outside of your monogamous relationship. But in general, when people talk about having monogamy, it is not acting on those feelings ever. And acting on those feelings would be cheating. That would be a non-consensual open relationship. Okay, one more definition for you here. We've got from the ethical slut polyamory. Um, the ethical slut, this is the 2017 edition. It says it's often shortened to poly. Now we say polyam because uh, poly is actually short for Polynesian. Um, so not to be confused and not to culturally appropriate, we say polyam. Polyamory, um, some feel it includes all forms of sexual relationships other than monogamy, while others restrict its meaning to committed, long-term love relationships. So we're talking about marriage with uh, or marriage-like relationships with multiple people. We're talking about uh, romantic partnerships with multiple people. If you have people who are living together, who are raising children together, um, and it's three or more people, that is an example of polyamory. Um, the difference with open relationship, open relationship would be more like um, if a couple is having casual sexual contact outside of their uh, union, um, if they have fuck buddies, friends with benefits, if they are swingers, so they're a couple who has sex with other couples, if they're going to sex parties, 
if they um, are going on dating apps and um, searching for a special guest star, a unicorn to bring into the bedroom and have a threesome with. This this is an example of an open relationship. Um, that's one where you might have sexy time with people who are outside of your primary pair bond, but you're not uh, forming, you're not like going on dates alone with other people in order to build romantic relationships with other people. Um, polyamory is something where more often you would have um, couples who date on their own with without the other partner. Um, and that dating is to form loving uh, connections, committed connections, potentially. Um, something inherent in the open relationship is that the uh, pair bond is the very much the primary relationship there. And the people that um, that couple are having um, uh, sexual contact with uh, or sexy contact with um, are very much uh, removed. Um, th there can be love there, there can be friendship and intimacy, but um, the couple is primary. In polyamory, you can also have a hierarchy you also might not have a hierarchy. So when a polyamorous um, uh, group has hierarchies, there might be a couple where um, each member of the couple, they say, were primary partners. And then they might have secondary partners. So for example, um, two uh, women who are married, they are wives. And then they might have a girlfriend and a boyfriend on the side, and those are the secondary relationship. And then they all might have sweeties or sweethearts that are their tertiary relationships. And um, and then there's relationship anarchy, where there's none of these hierarchies, and um, these these systems are completely thrown out the window. So why would a sensitive slut be attracted to non-monogamy? Well, it's the slut part. And I want to read a little bit more from uh, the, the ethical slut because ethical sluts are very similar to sensitive sluts. Okay, this is on page one. Who is an ethical slut? We are. Many, many others are. Maybe you are too. If you dream of freedom, if you dream of intimacy, both hot and profound, if you dream of an abundance of friends and flirtation and affection, of following your desires and seeing where they take you, then you've already taken the first step. And that's, uh, that's the first step to sluthood. Um, I'm going to read a little bit more. So we are proud to reclaim the word slut as a term of approval, even endearment. To us, a slut is a person of any gender who celebrates sexuality according to the radical proposition that sex is nice and pleasure is good for you. We believe that sex and sexual love are fundamental forces for good, activities with the potential to strengthen intimate bonds, enhance lives, open spiritual awareness, even change the world. As long as you and the people you care about are consenting, 
growing, and taking good care of yourselves and the people around you, you're doing ethical sluthood right. And there's a section on sexual adventures. When we see someone who intrigues us, we like to feel free to respond. And as we explore our response to discover whatever is special about this new fascinating person. We hate boredom. We are people who are greedy to experience all that life has to offer and are also generous in sharing what we have to offer. Okay, I'm putting the book away now. So that, um, that feeling of boredom, um, you could like really unpack that and it could be something where you want to work with a therapist to get underneath and um, work through and ground yourself. But if that's who you are, if you like adventure and you like uh, experiences where you feel enlivened, and that includes uh, sexual experiences, it in includes flirting, cuddling, all of it, then I would consider you a sensitive slut. Um, and you also might wanna check out an earlier episode of mine on the highly sensitive person, HSP, who is also the high sensation seeking person uh, high sensation seeking HSS. These are two personality types that have been uh, studied for decades by psychologists. Okay, so we have this tension between wanting to have intimacy and wanting to have sexual adventure. So that's where non-monogamy comes in. Um, if you are just with one person for the rest of your life, then you might get bored. <laughs> um, so um, non-monogamy, polyamory, open relationships, um, it allows flexibility and it allows for um, a little bit more freedom. And um, just having the different uh, types of relationship containers uh, or relationship structures, uh, I think is a good thing because we all have different preferences. And then when you get two people together, then it gets even more complex. Um, and it it's just interesting that our society assumes that everyone should be good with monogamy. That monogamy, without question, is the way to go for everybody across the board. Um, People are such individuals that I'm always skeptical whenever there is a an across-the-board standard. Um, I'm also reminded of David Foster Wallace's um, commencement speech. Um, I don't know if you call it that, the speech to the graduates um, to Kenyon College um, before he committed suicide, of course. And it went something like this. He said... Um, there were, there were two fish swimming in the sea, and this older fish swims by, and the older fish says, how's the water, kids? And the fish just look at each other. The older fish continues swimming along, and the two younger fish look at each other, and one says to the other, what's water? So I say that to mean we all just kind of, or a lot of us grew up assuming that 
monogamy was the way that uh, the way people are, you find your soulmate, your one true love, and then that's it. Um, but that's not necessarily the end of the story. And people don't necessarily live happily ever after when they find their first soulmate. Um, you might not even believe in a soulmate. Um, at the same time, sensitive sluts are sensitive. So when you um, have a relationship that's uh, reliable, secure, stable, that all feels very safe. That's all good for a sensitive person. When you have um, a relationship where um, one or both people are um, meeting other people to um, date and hook up with, whether that's um, the couple is doing that together, they're meeting new people at, at the same time when they're all in the room together or or separately, that can bring up feelings of insecurity, anxiety, jealousy. Um, and the ethical slut has a, a lot of tips on how to deal with jealousy. Um, and so it's not for everybody. Um, and it's not for everybody at all times. So monogamy might be good for you at certain points in your life. Non-monogamy might be better at other times. Um, you might want to feel a really deep bond with one person. You might just be like super duper into one person and you guys are just so into each other and you just don't feel the desire to um, see anyone else. Um, but with the sensitive slut, it's all about balancing those two sometimes opposing forces, a balance, balancing the sensitive side that wants reliability, wants a partner who can soothe them, um, wants connection, um, and the desire to have variety, have different types of connection. Maybe there's someone else that can soothe you in a different way or that delights in you or you delight in them in a, a particular way that you just don't have with your primary partner. So there's a lot of options. Um, and in our culture, we, we tend to have a lot of options. It can be overwhelming. And um, we can feel pressure and urgency to choose. And I just want to take that off, that um, you can take your time to explore. You can take your time to try things on for size. And that is what we're going to do. So um, in a minute, I am going to ask you to get comfortable and um, sit uh, for a little while while I guide you through a meditation that will help you feel into um, what might be a good fit for you. Uh, what type of relationship structure, relationship container would work best for you and your sensitivity and your sluttiness. Okay, see you back in a second. Now, before I get into the meditation, 
I meant to share my experience with non-monogamy. I don't have experience with polyamory per se, but I do have experience with open relationships. I, um, I really felt comfortable and um, good and excited about a relationship I had, a long-term relationship where I felt really secure with my partner. I felt deep love with my partner. Um, we're not dating anymore, but we're still very good friends. And we would have sexual adventures together. And this like was just a win-win for me because it wasn't so scary that um, it um, overwhelmed me. Um, but it also was adventurous enough that it made me feel alive. And um, we would, we had an online profile um, looking to go out with um, and meet um, other singles and couples. Um, we also went to festivals where um, there were um, spaces created for uh, consent-based group play. So people going into a space um, that uh, was clothing optional, um, where you could go and make out, touch each other, hook up, have sex, and you could um, have sex just with your partner. You could meet people and um, start uh, having playtime with the people that you meet. And um, and we also went to um, other events where it was um, like uh, kinky events where it might not be um, uh, appropriate to have sex at the event, but it was a sexy space where people are dressed up in leather and dressed in sexy ways um, and flirting in a way that's more intense than you might flirt at like your average uh, like office party, <laughs> um, hopefully. Um, and that really worked for me. Um, in that relationship, there was one time when we each um, went and saw someone on our own. Um, I was out of town and um, my partner went on a date on his own and I went on a date on my own and it was both way too much for us. Um, I felt like this fear that the relationship would end. I felt um, insecure. Uh, my partner felt insecure. Um, it I like kind of triggered a lot of old things like um, that, that feeling where, oh no, um, the most important person in my life um, is going to go away. Um, I'm going to be abandoned. Um, I feel very threatened and shaken to my core, that type of thing. So we backed off. And, and that's the interesting thing about uh, non-monogamy and playing with relationship structure is that that's kind of the only way to learn. You can try to set up as many rules and read all the books, but it's uh, it's going to be trial and error. 
because you are learning about yourself as you go. So that's my experience. Um, I can share more if you are interested in exploring um, what is best for you um, as a single person. If you're interested in exploring what's best for you in your relationship, you can connect with me for coaching. Again, I'm on Facebook um, at Miriam Diana Coaching. Okay, and now for that meditation that I promised. Okay, find a comfortable seat somewhere where you can be cozy, but still stay alert. And I want you to check in with the sounds around you. You can listen to the sounds that are close to you, like my voice. You can tap into the sounds that are far away from you. And feel your skin. Feel the skin on your face, skin on your head. Just kind of do a skin scan, scanning the skin around your neck, shoulders. If you feel like a light breeze, you feel your skin where your skin hits the air. That's what we're talking about. And continue just noticing the feel of your skin on your arms. Maybe your arms are uh, against something, like against your own torso or against the back of a chair. Feeling your hands. I encourage you to sit with your palms up, your palms facing up, so you could rest the back of your hands on your thighs if that's accessible. And then just above the skin of your palms, notice any feeling. Some people feel a little just subtle, almost imperceptible feeling of pulsing in the palms of the hands. Some people have this feeling that kind of translates into an image of a golden orb in the palms of their hands. And some people just feel their hands, and that's cool. But whatever you feel in your hands, allow it to travel up your arms. And if that doesn't make any sense, just kind of imagine warmth traveling up your arms or a feeling of pleasure traveling from your hands through your insides of your wrists, your soft sides of your wrists traveling toward your inside of your elbow, spreading up your arms, a pleasurable feeling, a feeling of aliveness, spreading this feeling 
through your shoulders and your neck and your chest, the upper back, feeling of could be pulsing or just um, energy. And if you don't feel it, just try to follow my words and see if you can imagine it. And tap into the heart. Can you hear your heartbeat? Can you feel any pulsation like pulsing in your neck? And if you feel any pulsing in your neck, can you imagine it being connected to your heart? And focus on your heart and lengthen your breath, breathing in and breathing out. And as you breathe in, imagine the heart expanding And as you breathe out, imagine the heart softening. As you breathe in, imagine the heart expanding through your back, the back of the heart. And as you exhale, imagine the heart softening, including that upper back between the shoulder blades. Warm, loving heart expanding tender, kind heart softening, feeling the aliveness within you. You are alive. And now going lower down, lower down to your tummy. What's in the tummy? Any pulsing or gurgling, any weird feeling, any comfortable feeling. As you breathe in, have a big fat belly. As you breathe out, have a soft, soft belly. Big bowling ball, actually. Better to have a beach ball, yes. Beach ball belly and exhaling soft baby belly. And lowering down, lowering down to your pelvis, your pelvic bowl, where your legs attach to your torso. Feeling any aliveness in your ass, any aliveness in your sexual organs. Breathe into your ass and your sexual organs. Breathe into your ass and your genitals. 
On your inhale, feeling free to expand. On the exhale, soften. Breathing into this lower region, your private parts. If shame comes up, say hello, shame. If any of this becomes too overwhelming, you can go back to the hands. And now we're going to connect this feeling of aliveness in the genitals. And we're going to connect it to the feeling in the heart. Feeling heart parts and sex parts connected. They talk to each other. They know each other. They are friends. And now we're going to do a visualization exercise to see what you're comfortable with in terms of monogamy, non-monogamy, polyamory, open relationships. So imagine being with one partner and feeling what you want to feel with that one partner. You feel them getting excited about you. You're excited about them. You have a bad day and they can comfort you. They empathize with you, but they don't empathize so much that they make it worse. They empathize enough where they understand you, but they can also soothe you. And this person, this special person, you love this person. You have passionate sex with this person. You... You know this person is going to be there for you, and you're there for them. They are reliable, and they do the hard stuff when, it, when it's important, they're there. Same, you do the same for them. And if you have like a movie in your head, like a movie scene, like you're in a specific place, really put yourself there. Imagine what the scene is like, what you're wearing, what you might hear in this setting, like what they might be saying to you or any other sounds in this setting. And now imagine going to a social gathering with this person, this special one person, and meeting other people that you're both attracted to. This can be 
you're both attracted to one other person. This can be you're both attracted to separate people. This can be you're both attracted to many people. And what would you want in this situation? What would make you feel enlivened, but also grounded? What would make you feel happy and also peaceful? Would it be to just keep that attraction just kind of simmering on the back burner, not really mentioning it, socializing at this gathering? It might be there, and that's okay. But you're not, not only are you not acting on it, you're not even really bringing it to conscious level. If it comes to conscious level for either one of you, it's not something that even remotely comes to a point of acting on it. And you feel like you have the exact right amount of attention that you need from your partner. So if there's a range of your partner looking at you gazing at you and you keeping your eye contact with them or if you're comfortable with a little more variety your partner is looking at other people and also at you what would you be most comfortable with both for you and for your partner. If you are one of the people who's imagining enjoying meeting other people and seeing your partner meet other people, if you are feeling compersion, you're feeling the pleasure of seeing your partner get pleasure, your partner is flirting with someone else and enjoying it, and you are enjoying watching it, then imagine going the next step. The next step might be asking for this sexy person or the sec these sexy people's number. The next step could be taking this person or these people home with you. What would be the most ideal next step? Something that might feel like a healthy risk. Something that might feel maybe exciting, but not overwhelming. And let's fast forward. It's a year later after this party. Would you most want this party 
to be just a memory, just another party. And in that year, you have spent most of your relationship time, most of your romantic time with this one person building your bond. Or would it feel like a better fit if you and this one person were to have sexy adventures with someone or the someones who you met at the party? Having group cuddling, group makeout, group sex experiences. Maybe you have rules. Maybe you have intercourse only with your primary partner, but you have other types of sex or sexual contact with other people. Or maybe in this year, you don't have this one partner. You now have multiple partners. You have two or more committed, long-term, loving partnerships. You have a household where you, you have your romantic loves connected very much into your life very integrated into your life. And it seems like you all could potentially become life partners together. So just check in with how you feel. And if any of those seem like, "Uh uh-uh, no, hail to the no, check that. Just note it. It's good. Good to know where you're at. And come back to the heart. Come back to the heart. Come back to the stomach, to the gut. Come back to your pelvic bowl. To ass and genitals. And that whole connection of feeling alive and human from your root to belly button to heart and take a big breath and when you're ready you can open your eyes You might want to journal about what you uh, came up with or talk to a friend about it. Anything is okay. There's no one way that's more evolved than the other. There's no one way that's more moral than the other. Any relationship structure that is consensual is ethical. So thank you so much for listening. Again, I am Miriam Diana. I am a trauma-informed relationship coach. You can ask a question for the Sensitive Slut podcast. 
you can record your audio at tinyurl.com slash sensitive slut questions. You can also work with me. You can find me on Facebook at Miriam Diana Coaching. Thank you.